Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It is so good that we can raise a hallelujah, isn't it? It is a good thing that we can raise a hallelujah in the middle of our battle. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you know, we've been uh, having this uh, series of messages that we've been sharing with you according to this campaign that the Lord has given us for America shall be saved. And I believe that the Lord is really talking to America in this season through these messages. I know there's quite a bit of uh, the church that is going around talking to America where we are, where we are, what we're doing right now. And so uh, last time um, we talked about a message called the game plan. And this time we're going to talk about a message called the great intermission. There's, this, these are just a part of a series of messages that the Lord has given me to share with America because the Lord wants us to know where we are in the midst of things. We're not just going around tossing, um, uh, tossing in the wind, but um, we, there is purpose to everything that we are enduring, that we're seeing in this pandemic, in the, in, in this, uh, even the injustices, the, the, the issues that we're facing in this, in, this, in this great country. So this message is basically geared to America. And it's, this message is coming out of the book of Deuteronomy 8, verse um, 2. And this, in this passage of scripture, we're going to find the children of Israel in the wilderness. And we're going to find out why they're in the wilderness. So our text um, is Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, like I said. Remember how the Lord God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you, testing you, proving your character, and to find out what was in your, in your heart, whether you would obey his commands. And so we're going to be talking again about the Great Commission. And as usual, before I do anything, I commit my, my works to the Lord so that he can breathe on it because this is not my word, but it's his word. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you now, Lord God, to breathe upon the word, upon the message that you have given me for this great nation, Lord God. I see myself as so simple, so insignificant, Lord God, but I see your message so great, so powerful, so life-changing, Lord God. I see, Lord God, that your work, Lord God, needs to be done, Lord God, and you choose, Lord God, humble vessels, Lord God, to carry out a mighty work. And so, God, as I release the these words that you have placed on my spirit, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that souls will be changed and lives will be saved, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, let your words go forth with power. Lord God, let it transform, Lord God. Let it cut to the core, Lord God. Let it change, Lord God. Let it reserve, let it bring life, Lord God. Let it preserve what needs to be preserved in this season. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's break it open. The great intermission. You know, every game needs a great intermission. And um, nobody loves intermission like America. America, your favorite time of the year is Super Bowl Sunday. And in during Super Bowl Sunday, one of the best, one of the thing is that America loves to watch all these commercials. We, you know, we look, we watch for the halftime show. And so I want to come to you today, America, and I want to talk to you about your halftime show. You see, an intermission is a point in a game where actions temporarily cease. It's a pause. It's a rest. It's a break. It's breathing space. It's time to reflect on what just happened in the first half. And so we're in, the first half has already taken place, and now we're in the intermission. We're in the in-between time. We're in the halftime. 
We're in the best time. And it's important, it, this, ha this halftime is so important that people spend millions of dollars, millions of dollars on commercials because they know that in the intermission time is when they can get your attention. The most times that, that America is watching TV is during Super Bowl time. The, and, and what are they looking for in intermission? There's so many people looking at the intermission that people pay millions of dollars just to get a small ad during that little halftime. Why? Because your attention is peaked. Your attention is at its highest. And so I want to submit to you that right now, while we're watching this pandemic raging through the nation, while we're watching uh, injustices raging through the nation, while we're watching sexual perversion running through the nation, while we're watching uh, abortion running through the nation, while we're watching uh, greed running through the nation, while we're watching racism running through our nation, while we're watching... We are in that halftime when your attention is at its highest. And not only is the world calling for your attention, but not only is the church calling at attention, but the enemy is, is standing at attention as well. So during intermission, there's something that you must do to prepare for the rest of the game. See, no one wants to miss the end of the game because this is where it all this it's all decided in this stage in the game the winner is decided this first half of the game is generally not as electrifying as the second half of the game intermission is really not about who left you but it's about what's left in you and my hope is sharing this message with you is that you will understand why you were left behind or why what or that there is something on the inside of you that is still left there why you had to go through what you went through why are you still going through these issues my hopes is to communicate to you that you are not alone the nation the world is going through a great intermission this pandemic is not by chance God's finger is on it. The children of Israel ended up in the wilderness, not by their own doing, but they could not end up going into the promised land until they go through the wilderness. A purging is taking place in this intermission. See, this America, this is your wilderness. America, this is your purging. America, this is your time to stop, to pause, to reflect, to see what is on the inside of you as a nation. Oh, We are go America, you are just going through a wilderness. And have you ever wondered why it sometimes seemed that God gave you all of this promise and then everything else, you no, know, everything is all like, you know, we're under construction. Everything is not what it's supposed to be. America, you're supposed to be the nation that is leading the world. But right now it seems like uh, we're putting up the under construction sign because it seems like everything is chaotic in America right now. Up is not up and down is not down. Left is not left and right is not right. We don't know our heads from our tails. But can I submit to you right now that this is intermission. 
I know you came to the game. You're expecting that the football game will continue without interruption. But there has to be an intermission. There has to be a halftime. And during halftime, oh, sorry. Oh, Shandarabasuraya. I think I'm getting ahead of myself here. Hold on a minute. I will tell you what happened in, in halftime. But first, before I tell you what happened in halftime, let's talk about the children of Israel as they go through their own intermission. The children of Israel went through a period as they went through the wilderness. God came and mightily delivered them. See, when Moses came, Moses brought all of the, the, the signs and the wonders and the miracles of God. And there was so much action that was taking place. The plagues took place. The Red Sea took place. And they're going through and the, the mighty hand of God was displayed. Pharaoh saw the hand of God. The, the Egypt saw the hand of God. The, the, everybody saw the hand of God. God was in, that, in, in, this, in this first half of the game. And, and, and it was like a showdown between Israel. Israel and Egypt. It was a showdown between uh, Pharaoh and Moses. It was a showdown between God and the devil. Oh my God. There was a showdown in that first half of the game. So many things were happening. But right after that, they ended up in the wilderness. And it seems like nothing was happening. Nothing was making sense. So let's break it down. There are four key groups of people to understand during the intermission. You got to understand the players. You got to understand the spectators, the referees, and the owners of it all. Because see, intermission will not affect everybody in the same way. We're all going, uh, going to walk through our intermission in different ways because we are affected by this intermission in different ways. And the spectators, let's break it down for you. The spectators represent wor the world and Egypt. So right now, the world is in an intermission. And this group of people, they are, the f they are a very fluid group of people. They, 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 they move about even as the game is playing. The world, see the world is, is, is moving about, it's doing its thing, but the church is, is, is marching on. The church is getting ready and positioned and getting in place. But the world, see this is the thing that you have to understand about spectators. They're there to watch the game. They're not there to play the game, they're there to watch the game. So, the, the, and this is the thing about the, the, about the crowd. You have the fans, the roaring crowd. Soon, so see, as soon as the game enter intermission, they get up from their seats and they start moving around. They need to get water. They need to make a phone call. They need to use the restroom. And see, you might think that because you have a stadium full of people, you have, a, you have followers, you have people that are, that are your fans. They are your diehearted fans. But you've got to understand something about this crowd. In this crowd, there are three different types of people. There, there, the, the, there's the casual crowd, there's the enemy crowd, and then there's the devoted crowd. How do I know? Come with me. On Luke, in Luke chapter 8, verse 40, the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with fear. And he got into his boat and returned. We're talking about Jesus here. So, and then uh, Luke 3rd, I'm sorry, Luke 8, 37. And then let's jump down to Luke 8, uh, 
40. So it was when Jesus returned, the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Here's the thing. Jesus just cast out a demon out of a man who was sitting by the tomb. The people saw it, the, that crowd. They got so scared. They said, Jesus, get away from us. Get away from us. We can't stand this kind of thing in our region. And not only that, Jesus, it was a legion of demons that went into those pigs. So that was one crowd. Right. And then the, the crowd of the gatherings, they're like, I'm just watching. We're just here to see. We're just here to spectate and to see what is happening. But I can't keep you in this region, Jesus, because you're uh, you're interrupting my region. You're disrupting my region, Jesus. So you got to go. You got to get on, get in your get in your little boat and get back on the other side. See, what I'm talking about is that not everybody that comes to church comes to church. Not everybody that's in this air mission is affected the same way and then Jesus got in the boat and he went to the other side and th and there was a group there was a crowd of people that welcomed him now that's the kind of people that I'm talking about that's the church crowd the crowd of people who welcome Jesus the saints the bride of Christ the people that are devoted the people that are sold out for a cause so that's the crowd that, that, that roaring crowd, that, those people that are spectating and they're watching to see what is happening. And, and oh yeah, so mixed, there's a mixed multitude. And the Bible says, even, even out of Egypt, when, when, when Egypt was delivered, I'm sorry, when, when Israel was delivered out of Egypt, a mixed multitude went up with them. A mixed crowd. So right now our spectators in this pandemic, here's a mixed crowd. Mm. Egypt, see, God did not leave nobody out of the intermission because Egypt got their chance to see the power of God displayed, but they never change. And I'm coming to you today because I want you to understand that as a spectator and you see the power of God on display, it is not okay for you to stay the same. It is not okay for you to just watch and say, I'm just here to watch this game. It's time for you to jump in this game. It's time for you to do your part. You're not just a spectator. God is calling you up. God is calling you up to a higher place of worship. God is calling you up to a higher place of praise church and for those of you who are spectating in the crowd God is calling you for eternal life oh my God Egypt was not even interested in the game they were sort of dragged into the game when they bought Joseph as a slave Joseph was their ticket into the game you see, the Passover was not for the, it was not for just a show in Israel. God wanted to demonstrate his power. God wanted to demonstrate his might to a people who did not know them. And God is using that same pandemic right now, that Passover right now in America to demonstrate his power. Because see, these people think that they are so mighty. They were so powerful. They did not need no God. And God said, okay, I need to come right into this mess and I need to show you that there is a God in heaven who sits high and he looks low. There is a God in heaven who is to be glorified. God is trying to tell you, you didn't get here on your own. Oh, Shandarosa. So he brought 10 plagues. And you would think that after 10 plagues, see, it don't take much for me. Uh, one plague is enough, y'all. One plague. He doesn't take not much for me because I, I, I don't want to be on the wrong side of things. I want to be on the right side of things. But 10 plagues? 
my God Almighty. And they refused to change. So this is, a, this is what the, the crowd that I call the casual crowd. This is the crowd that told Jesus to leave from the gatherings because they couldn't handle this. So these are spectators here watching. Right now, as we're going through this pandemic, as we're going through this on these unprecedented times, there are people that are sitting on the sideline and they're just waiting for things to go back to normal. They're waiting, thing, waiting for the church doors to be open so we can have normal church again. They're waiting for, 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 for the business places to open so that we can go back to business as usual. But can I submit to you that Egypt, Egypt did not go back to business as normal. They did not go back to business as usual because when an intermission happened, there's something that must change. Some, nothing can remain the same. I know Egypt didn't go back to normal. Israel didn't go back to what they knew as normal. Because all Israel knew unto this point as normal was being in Egyptian bondage, in slavery. And so Israel could not go back to bondage. And see, the good thing about this is when God closed up the Red Sea behind them, God closed up all access to going back to what they came out of. Can I tell you that God is closing some doors behind you? God is saying you're not going to be able to go back into what you came out of. Come on, somebody. Oh, Shandara. Oh, Jesus. You can't go back. God said, I've closed the door so you cannot go back to what you came out of. The miraculous deliverance of how you came through that Red Sea. How your enemies drowned in that Red Sea. Now, why would you want to go back? And now you said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Israel didn't want to go. Yes, they did. They complained in the wilderness. And they said, why? we were sitting in Israel, in Egypt, around pots of meat. Um, why did you bring us in this wilderness to die? Well, it better, it's better if you would have left us in Egypt. See, some of us are still there at that place. We have not yet crucified the flesh. And see, that is why we have to go through intermission. We have to go. See, we, we've been delivered from Egypt, but we're still not yet into the promised land. And the reason why we can't get into the promised land is because we got things on the inside of us that needs to come out. And, and the only way it's going to come out is if we go through the wilderness. If it, it's if we go through intermission. We got to get to half time, people. Oh, Jesus. See, the church, the church is in Israel. Let's talk about, back up a little bit. Israel in intermission. The children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Their period of intermission, they came out of Egypt, but they didn't quite make it into Canaan. The wilderness was their intermission place. This is the place where they came face to face with themselves. This is the place where they came face to face with God. This is the place where they came face to face with who they really were. They could no longer blame the Egyptian slavery for their problem. Intermission people, it was only meant to shake Egypt out of you people. Come on. Let's not die in our wilderness. Let's not cry in our wilderness. Let's not complain about the wilderness because God is trying to do a purging. God is trying to take something out of you that you did not even know was there. You can't get to the promised land carrying baggages from Egypt. Your end zone is waiting on you. 
Your end zone is waiting on you. But you've got to let go of those baggages of your past. So God said to Israel, let me help you get rid of those baggages. Because see, you don't even know you have baggages. So he said 40 years around the wilderness. Keep going around. Keep going around. Keep going around. Keep going around. And we're in a cycle. And we're in a cycle. And God said, the only way for you to break out of that wilderness is for you to get what I'm trying to get to you. See, I took you out of Egypt. But for Egypt to come out of you, that's on you. I am taking you in the wilderness. I am try I'm turning you upside down. And I'm shaking out all those false gods out of you. I'm taking out all of those false worshiping out of you. I'm showing you my power. I'm demonstrating to you that I am God. Mm. You see, you'll see things in the wilderness that you didn't know was there. You'll see things that you didn't even think about yourself. You'll get to know yourself in a way that you have never known yourself before. You'll get to understand that the God of this universe, he is big, he is mighty, he is powerful, and he is able to preserve you in the wilderness. You see, what your wilderness look like right now with this pandemic, many jobs have been, uh, have been uh, shut down. Um, people have lost their homes. People have lost their families. But in the midst of it all, if you're listening to this message today, you are one of the fortunate ones that are able to stand up in this season. And the oh, Shandoro Sataya. You see, there's a whole generation that died in the wilderness because they did not get, the, uh, they did not get what God was doing. They murmured and they complained against God and they did not get it. And so I'm trying to tell you people, God is in the midst of this pandemic. God is, he may not started it, but he's using it to get his glory out of it. The church right now is in intermission. The church is in intermission right now. The nation is in intermission right now. Come on, come on, people of God. We got to stop the complaining. We got to stop the backbiting. We got to stop the fussing and the fighting. We got to turn to God like never before. We got to stop the bloodshed in this nation. We got to stop the, the, the injustices and the racism. We got to stop. But the only way for that to stop is if you turn to God. Because listen, we cannot fight, we cannot fight hate with hate. We got to turn to the one who is loved so that his love can be shed abroad in our hearts. And then we can turn to love those who hate us and persecute us and say all manner of evil against us. We got to stop. But we got to get to that place where in the wilderness, we can see God as a cloud, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. We're not going to see him if we don't return, if we don't repent, if we don't turn from our wicked ways. The church was in intermission. See, there was a 400 year intermission between the Old and the New Testament. Jesus came and he set off the end games. So look at this. You see, 
Same way the nations in Israel, uh, Israel in intermission, same way Egypt was in intermission. Look at Jesus. Jesus. The church now is in intermission. Jesus came. He was born. And then uh, miracles, signs, and wonders happened. And then, you know, the death and the burial and the resurrection and the cross and everything was happening. All of this, all, one, one, two, three, so many things happened. And then whoosh, nothing. 50 days of intermission. But wait, told the disciples, Luke 24, 49. It says, wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I will send you the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and fill you with power from heaven. Do not leave Jerusalem. The father is sending you a gift. So all of these activities happen. And then what happened? Nothing. 50 days of silence. Nothing. Waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. Nothing. So, then Jesus said, I am coming. Revelation 22, 12. I am coming soon. 2,000 years ago. Nothing. You see, many things must happen in this current intermission. Every time there is an intermission, we see persecutions. Why was the, 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 the disciples locked up in the upper room? Persecution. Persecution plagues will come. Persecution and plagues will come, but the, the, these things are coming so that they can mature the church, so that they can build up the church. M listen, the church is supposed to be a militant church. The church is supposed to be a, a church of power and authority. The church is not supposed to be a broken down church. The church is not supposed to be a weak, wishy-washy church. And listen, you're not going to get to that place of power unless you endure some persecution, unless you endure some trials and tribulation church I understand that you are in an intermission but you've got to prepare to become the victorious church you've got to prepare to receive the keys to the power oh my God in the kingdom of heaven and it's almost time church you're in intermission it's almost time for the second half of the game. See, the first half of the game was kicked off when the Holy Spirit came and the church began to grow on a rapid. And right now it seems like we're stagnant. We're at a place where miracles cease. We're not seeing as much miracles. We're not seeing as much power uh, uh, of, of the power of God being displayed in the church. And it seems like something is wrong with the church. And there's nothing wrong with the church because the church is in intermission. And now when you're going through intermission, you've got to lay down some things. You got, it's going to look like nothing is happening. Do you understand that when you're in halftime at the Super Bowl, the players are not, not, not on the fields anymore. They are refreshing themselves. They're in the restroom. They're in the break room, wherever they are getting refreshed to go back out in the game. And this is where the church is supposed to be right now. As we take, as we close up the doors, we close down the businesses. We're getting into a place where we can get to God. Oh, my God. We're getting into a place where we can be refreshed. The victorious church is what Christ is coming back for. The victorious church is the church that's going to storm the gates of hell. Oh my God. And I want to submit to you that it's almost time. It's almost time. Daniel, in Daniel chapter 10 verse 2, he was reading the scriptures and he saw that it was almost time for, the, for, the, for, for his people to return from captivity. And he began to pray. Come on people, when you see that it is almost time for you to come out of captivity, you got to start praying. You got to start bowing your knees. 
It's almost time. America is going through a monumental reset right now. This is your real Super Bowl, America. This is your real Super Bowl halftime. God is shifting and shaking this nation. He has to shift it and he has to shake it. He has to take it through a wilderness place. You know why? Because you got to a place, America, where you begin to trust in your strength. You got to a place where you begin to trust in your, your strong economy. You got to a place where you begin to trust in your strong military powers. You got to a, a place where you begin to trust in your own strength and you left God on the backside of the desert and God said okay I'm going to bring you back to where you started so now you're in half time intermission it's a time to reset it's a time to reflect it's a time to repent it's a time to revive it's a time to restore it's time to pause to seize from all activities America can you see how you have paused, your activities have paused. Can you see how God stops the clock just for you? This is the thing that you have to understand, that in a halftime, the, 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 ga the game may be two hours long, but in a halftime, that time doesn't count on the football clock time because that's a pause time for that clock. So the clock has been stopped for you, America. You're in, you're, you're in a pause right now. It's time for you to reflect on how did you get formed as a nation? What was your foundation? What did your foundation, your founding fathers have as, the, as their intent as they built this nation? How far have you come from what was intended for you as a nation? America, it's time to repent. It's time to pray. It's time to fast. It's time to seek the face of God. And this is a call to holiness. Oh my God. This is a time for you America. To pause from the hustle and the bustle of life. To see what is truly important. This is a time for you to see that there is a dying soul to save. And a God to glorify. America, this is time for you to return to the Father. So that he can return to you. This is time for us to do what Daniel did. Daniel prayed. He turned. He returned to God in fasting and prayer. You see, this is the thing about intermission. You, you do not just get to go through it once. You may have to go through it a couple times to get it all out of your system. The children of Israel marched around the wilderness for 40 years. It took them only a couple months to be delivered out of Egypt. But it took 40 years for them to make it into the promised land. Oh my God, somebody, I just feel this in my spirit. Somebody is going through some intermission right now. Somebody is going through a, a process right now. And it feels like some people have left your life. But I want to tell you something. They had to leave your life because see, God had to get you into a place where it's just you and him. And he can turn you upside down and shake you. Oh, Remember God said, I led you these 40 years in the wilderness to prove you, to test you, to try you to see what was in your heart concerning me America let's face the truth together we as a nation have sinned greatly in the sight of God 
Let us not keep going around the wilderness. Remember that there's a whole generation that died in the wilderness. Let us get to the promised land. The wilderness was never your destination. It was only for intermission. It was only to prove you. It was only to try you. It was only to test you to see what was in your heart concerning God. Will you curse God and die when tribulations and trials come upon you? What will you do in a moment when it seems like God has forsaken you? What will you do when the plagues come? What will you do when trials come? What will you do when you are in the middle of a wilderness? No bread, no water. You got to cry out to God for some manna. And when manna comes, it's like, God, all you got to give me is some manna. Manna, God. Every day, day in, day out, manna, manna, manna. God wants to get you from the manna season, but it's up to you to get out what's on the inside of you. And see, this is the graciousness of God. He does not leave you to get it out by yourself. He provides you the tools, the revelation, the wisdom, the knowledge of how to get out, but you got to apply it. See, the blood of Jesus is prepared for you, saints. The blood of Jesus has been prepared for you as your ticket out of the wilderness. But let me tell you something. Just like nobody had to take the water and wash your body. Nobody, you, nobody can wash you but you. You got to get to a place where the Calvary's blood is still flowing. You got to get to a place where you hear the word of God and apply it to yourself. I can preach until my tongue fall off. If you don't take this word and apply it to your heart and apply it to your life, no change will happen you might be stinky from playing those games you know the players when they play out there in the game I've never been in the locker room smell all that but you know you can just imagine the funk in there all the sweat breaking and they are, nobody's gonna get in there and wash them they have to get that soap and that water and begin to wash themselves this is the same thing God gave us the blood of Jesus Christ but you have to get you have to open up your heart and receive it you have to open up your mind and say okay Lord wash me in your blood cleanse me from all unrighteousness purify me Lord God make me whole oh my God the old church used to say lead me to Calvary lead me to that blood that, that fountain that is filled with blood oh my God I wish somebody would hear me say today lead me to Calvary lest I forget Gethsemane lest I forget that agony lead me to Calvary oh Shandorosa America God is leading you to Calvary right now God is introducing in you to the blood of his son Jesus Christ the only power that can save heal and deliver will you not accept it oh see this trend and this is the goodness of God in while you're going through intermission God will send some referees see while we you have the spectators and then you have the players and now we're talking about the referees do you know that there are angels in your end zones? There are angels in your end zones. There, God, God didn't just leave you out there and throw you to the woods and say, no, you go fight this battle and leave. God said, listen, I will give you angelic protection. They will see these angels will get in the game with you. They will guide you. L let's, let's quickly look at Exodus 23 verse 20. 
Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared for you. Oh my God. Look at that. God didn't just take you out of Egypt but, and, and left you in the wilderness. He said, I'm going to send an angel ahead of you. What was that angel doing? That angel was going to, he, he's going to fight battles for you that you couldn't fight by yourself. And, and listen, how did we know that that angel made it there? Okay, let's quickly look. Joshua chapter 5, 13, 14. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversary? He said, no, but as commander of the Lord's army, I have now come. This angel, and if you continue reading into Joshua chapter 6, you will see the angel came and provided Joshua with a battle plan. Joshua had no idea what he was going to fight. Remember, they never, they never seen anything like this before. Joshua was the one who said to the children of Israel, he, he, he said, you've never been this way before. You've never been this way before, so sanctify yourselves. So angels are in your end zone. Angels are with you. Angels are in the battle fighting for you. God didn't leave you comfortless. He didn't leave you powerless. So you got to understand, although the battle may seem like it's hot, although it seems like right now America is going through a season of, of shifting and shaking, listen, angels are, you're going to see angelic activities like never before. And the last person I want to talk about in this in this, uh, uh, in this great intermission is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. See, the earth is the Lord and his fullness, all that dwell therein. Everything belongs to him. He is the owner of it all. And he said, right, he is right there in the middle of your game. He is right there in the middle of your mess. Remember, he was the pillar of cloud by day for the children of Israel as they were, transi as they were transitioning through the wilderness. And he was a pillar of cloud by night. He did not leave them in the wilderness. Moses said, Lord, let your presence go up with us. If, if your presence doesn't go with me, do not take me up from here. And in the midst of it all, when Israel became stiff-necked, the Lord said, I won't go with these people because they're a stiff-necked people and I might kill them. But Moses intercede. Oh my God, somebody, I'm calling you out right now. Rise up and be that intercessor. Rise up and be that Moses and say, Lord God Almighty, if your presence does not go with America, don't take us out of this pandemic. I know this is crazy because you want this to go back to normal, but God doesn't want a normal because you your normal is leading to an eternal damnation. Your normal is leading you to fall off of a cliff. Oh my God, I'm calling up some Moseses right now that will pray and say, Lord God Almighty, if your presence does not go with me, do not take me up from here. Oh my God. Jesus, glory to God. 
He is looking for a return on his investment. Jesus invested his blood on Calvary. Jesus invested his life and now he's looking for a return. When you're sitting at those Super Bowl Sunday games, don't you understand that the owners are sitting up there in their boxes? They're looking for a return on, on, on their investment. They invested millions of dollars in their players to, to, to train and to be built up and to, and to, and to play different teams and different, all throughout the year all leading up to the Super Bowl. And now they're looking for a return on their investment. God is looking for a return on his investment. He didn't just send Jesus here to shed his blood and not expect that something is happening. He said, I sow a seed in the earth. Jesus is the seed in the earth. And what is God expecting to return? He's expecting to reap a harvest of souls. He's, oh my God, except a seed fall to the ground and die, it remains alone. But after it falls to the ground and it, it takes root in the ground, it shoots up and become a tree and it produces a great harvest. God is the owner of this all and he's looking for a return. America, God is looking for a return. God has blessed you with abundance. He has blessed you with plenty. And now it's time. Oh, Rabbi Satoya. It's time. It's time for a return. So as we come to a close, the question is, what is at stake? What is the prize in this game of life? What are we fighting for? What are we striving for? How are we going to get it? You cannot afford to lose this race. Run this race so that you can receive the prize of eternal life. Your soul is at stake. Your eternal life is at stake. And you must press towards the mark of this high calling. You must work to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. This intermission is just for you to reorganize your priorities. This intermission is just for you to see the hand of God. It's just for you to turn back to God. So come, let us return to Jesus so that he can hear from you. Let us come and return, turn away from our wicked ways so that you, God can hear from heaven and heal our land. Let us lay down the pains of our past, the fears and the rejections and the offense, the family trauma and the family drama, and accept the freedom that is in the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us cast religion aside and let us cast politics aside. So as we do that, we're going to enter into a moment of prayer because we cannot get there without prayer. And Minister Hawkins is coming now to pray for you, to bring you into that place of intercession, into that holy place, into that place where God can meet you. Receive Minister Hawkins now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless this time, God that we get an opportunity to come before your throne. We bless this time, God, that we get another opportunity to speak what you have put in our hearts. It's only when you put a word in our heart, Lord God, can we speak, Lord God. We don't want to speak out of our own vanity and our own thoughts, our own ways, but God, we want to speak what you have spoken to us. So Father, we thank you, Father, that this is a transition time, that this is a time where you paused us, where you stopped us yet again, God, because we had to see ourselves. We had to see the lies and the deception, Lord God. You are opening our eyes, 
Lord, Lord God, that have been closed, that have had scales on them. Yes, some God. we've done knowingly and some we've done unknowingly, God. But we thank you, oh God, that as we see and as we receive the revelation that you are causing us to pause because we need to stop and hear what you need to say, God. Thank you, oh God, that you spoke, Lord God, but that you were not being heard. So you had to stop us, Lord God. We thank you for the red light. We thank you for the stop sign, oh God. And this you spoke in my spirit that this is a plague that has not left, that is not leaving, Lord God. It grieved my spirit, Lord God. But we thank you, God, as a nation, Lord God, that we can get beyond the grief, Lord God, and we can start to thank you. We can start to glorify glorify you we can start to say God we can now tell the truth God the yes, spirit God. of lying will no longer be in our belly Lord God we would not lie to ourselves our children we would not lie in our neighborhoods and in our families any longer God, oh God. but we will tell the truth Lord yes, God. God we will Ooh. tell the truth God that we have lied God that we have sinned that we have put more value Lord God into the things of the world than the things that you called us to God we thank you oh God that now we can come back to you and say we lied God and now we want the truth yes, we want Father. you to mature us God Shut we want us. you to take us from babies being tossed to and fro and now being mature that we will not look to the right or the left but yes, now we Father. look ahead yes, we look to the Jesus. things that you want us to look to Lord God we thank you oh God that we're now back on a firm foundation when we first got saved God we were joyous we rejoiced in you yes, we Lord. run after yes, the things God. that you told us that sure. we were hearing in our spirits Lord God when our leaders told us oh God the great revelations of your word God Lord God we ran after we studied it we went home and we tested the word Lord God but we got familiar with you Lord God mm. we got in our mm. flesh Lord God we got in our own thinking and our own ways of doing things and I know that in your word you say consider your ways yes, so Lord God. I thank you that now we are getting this opportunity to just sit and consider our ways, Lord God. Have we been kind to one another? Have we loved on each other? Mm. Have we sought that family member that we didn't like or we had a conflict with and tried to make it amends, oh God? Thank you, Lord God, that you're pausing us yet again and cutting doors down and shutting doors, God, and causing us to say, oh God, I need you again. Yes. I just want your presence. Yes, I just want your love. I just want you to minister we to me. You, Lord. Oh, we God, you, Lord. putting aside our titles, Lord God. Putting aside, oh, God, every weight that's easily besetting us, Lord God. We thank you yet again that we can come back and, God, stop putting down our leaders. Stop putting down one another. Stop wanting to try to compete with one another, Lord God. But wanting to know that we have done that what's right in your eyes instead of our eyes. So thank you for America, God. Thank you that you're going to love on us again. You're going to give us peace again. But we're going to transition, God, as we believe again, as we tell the truth, as we see your mysteries. And we're not afraid to tell the truth of the mysteries in your word. God, keep fellowshipping with us. Don't give us a, up on us, God. Give us a hope, God. Oh, yes. Our hope is not deferred because we're believing you again. 
We're yes, going to keep running after you. You said we wouldn't grow faint and we wouldn't go weary. We would mount up with wings of eagles. Yes, oh, God, God, as we Hallelujah. give you the glory, oh, we glory. thank you that yet again, we're about to mount up with wings as glory, oh, God. And we're taking families with us. And we're a united body. We're going to go together. And we're not leaving anybody behind. We bless you for this new day, God. You're restoring a new day on us, God. And we thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. It's up to you, God. Oh. It's no longer on us, God. It's up to you because we're bowing at the knee, God. All you've asked us to do was bow down and give you glory and submit to you. Yes. So in this season, Lord God, call us forth, oh God. As we get on our knees, bring yes. us back up to do your will and do your ways. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us for this message. I hope that it has blessed your heart. I hope that it has encouraged you. And uh, we look forward for you to join us again. Uh, see you next time. God bless you.